0: You're tuning in to Don't Sleep New York, a podcast for the New Yorker who wants to stay up on policy and politics in the city that never sleeps. My name is Arpan, and I'm joined by Matt and Rana Joy. We're three New Yorkers who are trying to become more informed about the inner workings of our city and we want to take you along for the ride. In the last two episodes, we unpacked the city's culture of trash and the missed opportunity around composting. The city spends $1.5 billion a year on trash, an expensive process of picking up and transporting waste to landfills. We learned in our last episode that 30% of what goes to landfills could be composted, saving the city millions financially, but also having a huge environmental impact. Today, we're going to unpack the last third or so of what comprises our landfills and a part of everyday rubbish culture that we all take for granted. That's recycling. Now, whether you're good at recycling your glass, plastics, and papers on a daily basis or not, the city has a lot more room to improve. So let's dive into the details on how the city recycles, what's working, and what we could be doing better. So I think
1: if we just take a step back to kind of start to close out this theme that we've had on trash, composting, and now recycling. What they're part of is this larger goal New York City has of having zero waste by 2030.
0: And so that means zero waste to landfills, right? How do we How do we get there?
1: There's really three primary ways that we can accomplish that. One is through combustion, so waste-to-energy centers composting, which we talked about. So food waste and organics being reused. And then what we're about to talk about, which is recycling. So this is your traditional cardboard, metal, uh, and reusable plastics.
2: So then I think uh, we're all quite familiar with recycling. I don't think it's as uh, novel as composting, especially at the city level. So the the question
0: I really have is, are we in New York City good at recycling? (laughs) Um, Well, the answer to that is kind of yes and no. Um, only about seventeen percent of the city's waste gets recycled, um, and what could be recyclable, and we're, right now we're talking mo- mainly about residential. And our entire theme for these episodes has been focused on residential waste. Um, that's that's less than half of what we could be recycling. I'm I'm shocked that you
1: said kind of. Well, if we if we look at the pie of, I guess, waste in general, uh, a very rough cut in what New York City's composition is, is about a third is compostable. As we talked about last episode, a third is like basura, trash, straight up trash. Nothing can be done with it. And then the last third is recyclable. So right now you're 17 percent stat is is referring to the 30 percent that could be recycled which is still pretty pretty low
2: so i could i could somewhat safely say we're not great at recycling and and actually if you compare new york city to some other big cities like los angeles san francisco seattle we're actually much worse some of those cities are recycling or composting or reusing up to 80 percent of their trash
0: So when you say that, just to be clear, you're saying they're diverting 80% of what would traditionally go to a landfill, but they're able to send it out for either recycling or using it for composting, leaving about 20% of that to actually go to landfills.
2: Yes. Yes. Whereas right now, New York is closer to 20%, which is a pretty surprising gap.
1: Is Is there something fundamentally we think that New York City is doing wrong as to why we're stuck at 17% versus some of the other cities? So one of the things that New York
2: City really doesn't do well is in regards to the public housing system, which we've mentioned this on some other episodes, uh, but virtually all the garbage that comes out of public housing uh, ends up getting mixed. Uh, There is not a good system in place to actually effectively recycle the items that are coming from there. I also think in some cases, New York City has been a little behind, at least compared to those West Coast cities, uh, when it comes to laws banning styrofoam or single-use plastic, which a lot of those things are in place today. So it's very possible some of these statistics start to improve over time. And then I think the last one, which is sort of difficult to ascertain how New York compares on a cultural level to some of these West Coast cities that we mentioned. A lot of this is just behavior and the advantage that a city like la has over new york are financial incentives that i think work a lot better to reform that behavior
0: yeah and we we talked about that in the first episode in this series where yeah i think cities like la have a sort of pay as you throw policy when it comes to trash in general so you're actually way more conscious about what you're putting outside on the curb to be picked up and sent to landfills and in New York, that's not always the case in terms of people's mentality around trash because whether you throw one bag or 10 bags of trash out and whether there's recyclable materials in there or not, you don't really suffer any consequences that shift your mindset.
1: Yeah, to be clear, like the many iterations of the program only charge you for what is going to a landfill versus what you're composting and recycling. So Arpon, to your point... If people are more thoughtful about, one, sorting their trash, and two, one step up there, uh, one step before even, when they're purchasing things to be more thoughtful about the types of things they're purchasing, it starts to make a big difference in your wallet.
2: Yeah, I actually think even jumping back at the, at the very beginning, we talked about how do we get to the zero landfill waste, combustion, waste to energy, composting and recycling. But really, I could throw in a fourth one there, which is what you just said, is being more conscious of what you're buying. Because it is still a consumer's decision, in many cases, to buy something that ends up being a non-recyclable or reusable product. And I think ultimately, if we want to achieve truly zero, like literally zero waste, it's also going to come down to consumption, which we're addressing. No more styrofoam containers, no more single-use bags. That's obviously a good start. But you actually need to get to a point where everything, all the waste that you're generating, is either compostable, recyclable, or reusable, which we're obviously not there
0: yet. And I think one way to to frame this, that I, often we as citizens of the city don't always really think about how our behavior ladders up into the city's finances, right? And where money gets spent. Uh, and conversely, where money could be getting spent if it wasn't being spent on transporting waste. So, you know, we mentioned earlier that $1.5 billion a year is spent on collecting and transporting waste. Now, uh, 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 according to the Citizens Board of New York, it costs $200 or so per ton to transport trash to landfills. Comparatively, it costs $50 to process recycling. So if we were to divert you know, 30% of what goes to landfills to recycling, we'd be spending a fourth less on that 30%. Similarly, if we took, we also did 30% towards composting, we're not spending that much on sending to trash. So we'd be saving the city a lot, a lot of money, and that money could be used somewhere else. And I think, speaking of the culture and the change and the shift in mentality, it's important to, I guess, understand that all of our collective actions when it comes to how we throw out our trash, recycling, compost, ladders up into that $1.5 billion.
1: And I think it's worth highlighting what you described was current state. So as other states, so currently, like our landfills are primarily in New York State, New Jersey, and Ohio and Pennsylvania, as those states work on their zero waste plans as part of like our larger initiative as a country and as a, as a globe to combat climate change, they could change their policies about landfill or having interstate trash being delivered to the landfill, which then could cause the price to rise by unit, like you mentioned, or we'd have to travel further uh, to actually dispose of our waste. So to Arizona or other states like that. And either or a combination of those things will be just more expensive for the taxpayer.
2: Right. And again, there's a compounding effect there talking about climate change, where the the main recycling centers, are, I think, Sunset Park, Jersey City, I mean, they're very close. So this additional cost to transport trash to landfills is is I'm sure largely a gasoline cost at that point so you're also talking about the further you're transporting it the bigger burden on uh, fossil fuel usage uh is being incurred by dis- trash disposal which hopefully can be replaced one day soon by a greater quantity of recyclable and reusable goods
1: yeah it's really a vicious cycle And I think going back to one of the previous points, Matt, you mentioned, I think we jumped on the culture, but we also touched on like a little bit on the infrastructure in New York City. I know we talked about in composting, a lot of it doesn't exist, like local programs, et cetera. If you just look at recycling, you know, think about the the big public places that we frequent, parks, the subway, et cetera. There isn't really an option to recycle in those cases there's only trash cans so that adds to this notion or this stat of 17 percent is because in 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 many cases you don't even have the optionality to recycle and and no one's going to carry i was
2: going to say like and you've done this more recently than i have but if you go to a knicks game everyone's holding a plastic cup of something i i don't i feel like a lot of that just goes in the trash right i mean A lot of people are just leaving it behind. Yeah, that's just laziness. Yeah, and some of it is cultural laziness, but some of it is also the institutions need to make it easier to recycle. And another thing right now is is if you've walked around New York, you've probably seen people who are walking around collecting cans, and they actually end up serving kind of a... A public good in that way and obviously the, the a money that you get per can is kind of that incentive structure we're talking about again in LA they have an incentive structure for pay as you throw trash away that incentivizes you to, to recycle more um, but it's it's interesting to me that in a city as big and advanced as New York there's still this like almost reliance on that local like micro level of trash collectors to, to filter out cans from Trash and put them in a separate recycling bag, and then go deposit that. Like I, that, we still seem to be relying on that to some sense in in the sorting of of trash and recycling.
0: Yeah, and and you know to 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 the point that recycling is mandatory, right, across the city. The law was passed in I think 19... 1989. 1989, Yeah, that that recycling is mandatory, and we've all grown up being told reduce, reuse, recycle, right, the three R's. Um, and so often I think we take for granted that like we have figured out recycling, that we're good on that. And actually even in doing research for this podcast, it's actually quite hard to find in-depth research and information and news about recycling because it's not a sexy topic. It's something that... Composting is the hot topic right now. In fact, when you when you Google recycling or how does the city recycle or is it good at recycling, of those articles are actually about composting, not about recycling.
1: Yeah, that's definitely where the focus is and definitely the uh, largest area for improvement. So as we know, politicians typically try to get the biggest year-on-year growth or change, and composting is somewhere in 2%. So any improvement there is significant uh, versus recycling, it's a bit, of, a, a bit of a standstill, to your point.
2: Yeah, and, and, and again, to your point, Arpon, like, given that especially the younger generations have grown up with recycling as a given, one, there's some almost idea that it's something that we've kind of solved and it's just up to the individual to actually throw the things in the can, which is not always true. And then two, I think there's also an element of people being jaded. I, I think we've all had experiences where we see or have seen some... Someone who's responsible for trash collection or recycling collection just throw a bag of recycling in with the trash, and it kind of makes you go, "What the hell?" Like
1: <laughs> to be fair, that that was primarily in the state of New Jersey. I don't know. But... I've seen I've seen that in
2: offices. I've seen that everywhere. So I think it's something that that kind of gets you a little bit. It's like someone has to be the first one to Demotivates care, you. but when you see other people not care, and it makes your efforts feel futile, then it obviously makes it that much harder, which is again where we get to culture and ideally better individualized incentives to, to help change behavior on a mass scale.
0: So that's our episode for today. As we've said in the last two episodes and repeated again today, It's up to New York City residents to create a better culture of waste, recycle and reuse more, take advantage of the city's compost offerings, and think about our consumption and trash output more meaningfully and more intentionally. And we won't be able to reach our goal of zero waste by 2030 without everyone's participation. This season, we'll continue to unpack the issues that affect our community here in New York City. So stay up to date with us by following at Don't Sleep NY on Twitter and Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on your podcasting platform of choice. It really helps us help more people like you get informed. The music you heard in this episode was provided by Brooklyn-based artist and producer, Jackery. We'll see you all in a few weeks. Until then, don't sleep.